This is Coordinator's Corner, presented by JCW's, The Burger Boys. Happy Monday, hello, once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside Studio B at the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo, Utah for our week four edition of the Coordinator's Corner. Coming up today, we recap and look back on a thrilling comeback win in SEC country on Saturday night. It was BYU rallying from down double digits on two separate occasions for a 38-31 win over previously unbeaten Arkansas. With the win, BYU improves to 3-0 on the season, heading into its Big 12 opener at Kansas this upcoming Saturday. Our guests on today's show, our special teams coordinator Kelly Papinga and defensive coordinator Jay Hill. We kick today's show off with BYU's special teams coordinator and defensive ends coach Kelly Papinga. Coach, good to see you once again. Good to be back. Well, before we get into the particulars of Saturday's game, maybe a couple of words about the opportunity to play a game in SEC country. The vibe you get on a game day, maybe the bus ride in, the feel of the venue itself. It's a special thing, isn't it? Yeah, no, it was awesome. It was, you know, it reminded me a lot of uh, actually be, be, being back on the East Coast when I was coaching in Virginia. Very similar feel to very, you know, similar stadiums in Chapel Hill and uh, uh, being in, at Clemson as well. It just, you know, there's a certain feel of being in the South and, you know, you got all this veget vegetation and, you know, it's just a different mm -hmm. environment completely. And then, you know, the tailgating down there is just completely yeah. different. You know, our, I think ours is one of the tops in the country, but you know, I, I don't know if it's just like a, a southern east coast thing where they just love to tailgate way more than the people on the west coast or not. But um, but yeah, there was a great feel going into the stadium, the energy early. You know, their student section arrived up, arrives early, um, so the vibe. You know, there's a buzz in the stadium pregame. And, uh, you know, those are, those are always the funnest games to play in. So yeah, so, so playing in an SEC venue is a cool deal, but getting a win on an SEC home field, that's a big deal. Yeah, that was, that was big. And, and I think any road game, it's hard to win anywhere on the road. And, uh, shoot, you go look at uh, Tennessee and Florida. You know, Tennessee is, you know, I think it's hard to win in the SEC on the road. Yeah. Tennessee's the 11th in the country. They go to Florida, who loses to Utah yeah. earlier. And, and uh, you know, Florida ends up, you know, killing them. And so I just think it's hard to win any game on the road. Um, especially down in the SEC where, you know, the football is so competitive, the big, uh, fast, strong guys. And, and uh, just happy the way our guys competed. I thought um, from the very beginning of the game to the very end, I thought our guys fought hard for 60 minutes. And especially the way the game started. Yeah. Uh, did not start the way that we thought it was going to start for sure with a long run on defense and then a punt return that's totally unacceptable. But, that, you know, all of a sudden you're, you know, four minutes in the game, you're down 14 points. But for our guys to battle back there, and then again later on in the game when we got down 10 and then came back to battle back, it was awesome to see our guys and the, resi uh, the resiliency that they had. Does the fact that BYU won that game or the way they won that game, does it say anything about BYU's ability to now contend to compete in the Big 12 Wars starting yeah, this Saturday? You know, I just think that um, every game that we're going to play the rest of the season, you know, going back to last week, um, I think we're going to have a chance in every game to win it or to lose it. I just think it's it just kind of, you know, flip a coin because every team's so competitive. I think there's a lot of parity in the Big 12. Um, you know, there's some teams that, you know, so-called the, the world and the media think that might be better than everybody else. But I just, when you watch the film, everybody pretty much looks the same. There'll be a guy here or there, one or two guys that might make another team better than the other as far as just a little more explosive. But mm -hmm. for the most part, I think, you know, we're going to have a we're going to have the same chance to win those games as we did this last week. It's going to come down to us, you know, playing our style of football. Um, and 
I think ultimately in that game, the thing that helped us, you know, I think you might know this, is the field position. It was yeah. unbelievable. We were plus 10 field position. Yeah. We had the, our starting average field position was our 39. Theirs was their 29. And so our offense had, you know, great field position the whole entire game, you know, due to some turnovers, a fourth down stop, and then some a big return and a muff punt after we tried to block a kick. And, and so just field position continues to, I think, set up, you know, teams to win. And getting to 3-0, and BYU's had the average starting field position edge in margin in all three games. Uh, BYU's now a power conference team, so we'll draw these comparisons less as we go along. But BYU's now 11-5 in its last 16 games against the power conference teams. So this has been a ramp up, and Kalani's got this program in a really good spot going into Big 12 membership. Yeah, it's impressive with the things that they've done. Going back to 2021, I think, is when they really started uh, just the competitiveness of, against the Power Five teams, and shoot, you know, I'm on a Virginia team that comes here and yeah. beats us. And that whole year, I think, you know, I think they ended up seven-one against Power Five teams, and then 2022, the same thing, had some wins against Power Fives, and and so I just think ultimately we wanna we wanna compete with the the biggest names, the most talented teams in all the country, and I think. Um, you know, shoot, like you're saying, it's proven over the past 16, 16 games yeah. we're, we're showing up in those games, which is awesome to hear. Let's get into the game itself. Uh, it, as you mentioned, it didn't start the way anyone on the BYU side wanted. Uh, first Arkansas possession, chunk play TD, BYU punts, and then the Razorbacks make a house call on the return. And it was the kind of kick you want. We've talked about it on this yeah. show. Uh, between the numbers and the boundary, you can funnel your coverage. Yeah. So take us maybe inside the call, yeah. the coverage, and how so, Arkansas broke you know, it. Right, right from the very beginning, they double-teamed Marcus, and we knew that was going to happen. But they also double-teamed Jacob. And so very rarely do you ever see a team that double teams both of your gunners. Usually it's just one. Um, and so they took you know, our two fastest guys out immediately. And then when we got down there, uh, we didn't do a great job. As you can see in this picture right here, our snapper has got to do a way better job of just being right on the point of the ball right there. He was way too far to his left. Mm. And then, you know, Ben and uh, I think it was Tanner ended up getting too far up the field and getting pushed past the running returner. We talk all the time, you can never end up past the returner. And so um, we just we just got it. We had to leverage and spill the football right there. And there was a lot of things. Honestly, you got to give credit to them. We knew 16 going into the game was going to be a really good explosive player for them. Yeah. And we had to um, be really good in our coverage units. And we were the rest of the game besides that one, but all it takes is one. And so unfortunately, you know, it's a hard lesson to learn. And our punt team had been so good for the first two games. I never would have thought that would have happened. Um, but we did know they were going to try to take Marcus away. But I never yeah. thought, you know, I thought for sure if they take Marcus away, Jacob's going to be down there like he did the rest of the game, goes down and makes two really good tackles. And I just thought Jacob would be there. But when they double Jacob Bourne we're talking about. Jacob Bourne, yeah. 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 And they end up doubling both of those guys. So then it came down to, you know, we got to get AJ, we got to get Ben, got to get Tanner, got to get, uh, shoot, if it ends up being, uh, I think the other guy in there later on in the game, Harrison Taggart was in there. And then Glasker ends up going out and then uh, Malik ends up going in. So just those guys got to step up. It's not, not always going to be the gunners that make the play. Those guys got to be able to get off blocks and make plays as well. So that'll be something that we hit hard in our special teams meeting here in a got second. It. So. Uh, the ensuing kickoff after that play saw Parker Kingston rip off another one of his 40-plus uh, yard returns, his second of the season. Uh, let's look at the return maybe and, and, and why you like Parker <coughs> so much in that phase of the game as, as an explosive returner. Yeah, so, um, you know, the kick before this was also in the middle of the field, and so I felt like if they were going to kick us another one in the middle of the field, we could get it back out to our left, uh, which we were able to do, and it was blocked up really, really good. Taba Taase had a really good block, and then Hobbs, Nyberg as well. You can see uh, uh, Taba right there on the right side, but both of those two set up the return. Um, and I just thought from the very get-go of this that Parker hit this 
fast. You know, sometimes returners, they hesitate, but you want a guy back there that doesn't hesitate, that's fearless. Um, we talk about that all the time, and I thought from the very get-go, he believed in the return, and I think that's a lot of times those returners just gotta have blind faith in the rest of the guys that are gonna set up the blocks. Really, right there, if Glasker, if he's able to stay on his block, uh, right there on number 22, mm -hmm. we end up taking this thing to the house. And so it's just now the details of just making sure when you're one-on-one, -on -one, and if Glasker wins his one-on-one -on -one right there, that thing's going, I think I think it's going all the way. And so. And you said um, this could be the year. It yeah, does go all the way. This, this has gotta be the year. It's been too long. <laughs> 2014 is too long for not having to return to the to the house. And so we'll, we'll get it. We'll have an opportunity again this week. And, um, and yeah, I'm just excited about Parker and having Hobbs back there, I think is a big, um, just having a guy back there that has experience um, in that off returner uh, position as well, just to talk to Parker mm -hmm. as well. Cause the first kick was really short earlier in the game and Hobbs, you know, communicated well with them. We were able to feel that a lot of times those bounce and then you don't know where that ball is going and shoot that that's a live ball, but he fielded the ball well. And a lot of it was because of the communication Hobbs had with him. So after the return, we just saw, BYU doesn't score. In fact, BYU punts. But back to your point about field position, you do punt from midfield, but it's a perfect punt. It's out inside the five-yard line, and that started, really, the field position swing in the game. It got them deep, and they didn't advance out of this. Yeah, this was uh, what we call complimentary football right here. Yep. So we uh, didn't, uh, you know, capitalize on the big return, but really good execution right here by Ryan, um, being able to pin this ball inside the three-yard line. And uh, then our defense comes out, and you know I think Jacobs right there as well to be able to uh, get himself in position to down that ball as well. So I thought it was really good by Jacob, but great kick by Ryan. Um, now they have 97 yards to go to score, and that's going to take a really good offense to you know put together probably a 10, 12 play drive to probably score a touchdown. And and uh, you know we come out and instead play, they go three and out. Yeah, play uh, they punt. Hobbs yeah. takes it into Arkansas territory, and then two plays later. Uh, the special, uh, the double yeah. pass, scores six. Now yeah. it's a ball game. Like yeah. you said, complimentary football. A nice punt, a three and out defensively, a quick strike play, a nice design, and you're back in it. Yeah, exactly. And it all and all just, you know, I love how it all works together, and it's something we show our team every single week. Something I do on Thursdays to kind of remind them the week before of how we play together as a special team, as an offense, as a defense, and how it all complements together. And, yeah, without the pin punt, and then, we end up getting good field position off of a punt return after that, and then now our offense is in business to be able to go do their thing. And, you know, I told you before we got on air, we saw the same exact play in practice on Tuesday, <laughs> and the same exact thing happened. It scored a <laughs> touchdown on our defense. So it's just really good play design by Coach uh, A-Rod and uh, great execution by the players right there. You hinted at it earlier, too, but the reaction to being down 14 nothing early, how proud of, we, of you were the response? Because at 14-7, it's game on here. Yeah, and now, you know, especially a, a play like that, when that happened like that, um, you know, that just brought a ton of juice to the sideline. And I think a lot of things happened there. There was a big return. Then there was a great punt execution. Then there was a good punt return execution. And then, a, you know, and I think, and then our, well, shoot, our defense goes three and out as well. Right. So there's a lot of things all of a sudden that started to build the confidence of the team. They're like, wait a minute, guys. It, you know, these guys ain't, aren't anything different than anything we've played in the past. Uh, you know, everybody take a deep breath. Let's calm down. Let's do our thing. And then it just started rolling from there. Another big field position swing comes late in the first quarter. You're down 14-7. Arkansas gets off what turns out to be a 10-yard punt. At first glance, the way it came off, I thought maybe somebody got a hand in. But no, uh, there was some heat, but it was kind of a miss hit. Yeah. And it's another big field position swing here. Yeah, and so we knew all week going into the game, the punter had struggled throughout the years with pressure. And so I told the guys, I said, I don't care if we block the kick or not. And that's why we got so excited about it. Yeah, the reaction uh, was I thought, yeah. did someone get it? Because they were pretty pumped. And really, Ace right there probably could have blocked it. 
Um, I think he got a little worried that he was going to run into the punter or something. I don't know. I haven't talked to him yet about it. But he really came off the edge free and had a chance really to block this if he really bends the corner um, tight right there. But um, we were all super fired up because all week long I told you, I told him we're going to bring pressure and he's going to shank one. I promise you. Hmm. And sure enough. Um, you know, we brought pressure on the second punt right there and it ended up being, I think, a 10-yard punt and yep. we have the ball in the 45-yard line and then I think our offense goes down and scores. Well, on. it's one play later. Yeah. LJ breaks it for yeah. 45 and now it's a whole new ball game, 14 yeah. 14 yeah. And that's just, you know, that's what you love to see is just, um, you know, special teams setting up the offense to be able to do their job, setting up the defense to do their job. And then, yeah, we come out there, block it up really good, and then LJ does the rest. And so I think there was a really good block on that play by Kingsley, if I remember right. Uh, I think we ran like yeah. a counter play. Yep, um, chips a guy on the edge and, yeah. and, and, and clears the space and, for, uh, for LJ. So great execution by the offense right there. We see that play against our offense all the time. And it's a tough one to stop, and they executed it well. But just. It's just team football over and over again. And so that's what, you know, I love to see the special teams coordinator. I know Kalani loves to see as the head coach. It's, it's just continuing to work complementary football and just working off of each other. So it's, it's the best, you know, when we do something, um, you know, specifically if the offense scores, right, then it's our job as a special teams to now complement them. The kickoff team comes out there. We, you know, pin them inside the 20 yard line, set the defense up for them to do their job. And then the whole thing's rolling from there. And so just that complimentary football between offense and defense and special teams, I thought it was displayed at a high level, you know, especially in the first half. Yeah. So we saw LJ making it 14 all. BYU would actually score again, 21 straight to go up 21-14. Arkansas ties it on a nice 10 play drive. And it was a drive that really kind of showcased all of KJ Jefferson's talents. And speaking now as the defensive ends coach for a sec, what was top of the game plan in dealing with KJ on Saturday? <laughs> tackle him, tackle him, <laughs> and tackle him low. Uh, you know, throughout the the whole season, going back to last year too as well, he was just he's just a tough guy to bring down. And so I was happy to see us get after him later on in the game. I think we ended up with four sacks. We should have had five. One that was kind of a it's kind of a weird rule in the um, the stats is Isaiah Bagna had a. Uh, uh, tackle on the quarterback behind the line of scrimmage, but it wasn't a full yard, so it's not credited as a sack. It has to be a yard it has to be by a the manual. Yard, yeah. Right? So it really, there was five sacks, but then we got credited for four. But we got after him, we hit him a lot, um, and we knew we were going to have to make him feel uncomfortable. And I think this was the first game in a long time for him where he felt uncomfortable and mm. he couldn't really sit in the pocket and do his thing. And and really, when they had QB design runs. Um, I thought we had a really good game plan. We knew we had a really good idea of when they were going to run those QB design runs. Um, and we felt, you know, really good at stopping them with some of the calls that Coach Hill made, which I'm sure he'll talk to you guys about here in a second. But um, really, it was just and we, we had a good idea of where he was going to throw the football to as well. He liked the middle of the field and we were able to take some of those throws away, especially at the end of the game. But um, you know, I was just excited for our guys to be able to get after the quarterback in this game. And, yeah. you know, I think, you know, Cougar fans want to see sacks and they want to see pressures and all that. But really, at the end of the game, what got after the quarterback was just regular four man rush. Yep. We weren't blitzing. Um, we did send one blitz at the end of the game where uh, Eddie gets the ended strip, up getting the strip yep. sacks. But other than that, it was four man rush and we were able to just cage him, keep him in the pocket, collapse the pocket. And, uh, you know, the guys did did a great job of just being relentless. Okay, down 24-21 at halftime. What was the mood kind of in the meetings and the conversations at the break? Uh, you know, I think, you know, we, we felt like we had, you know, rebounded from the first half. Mm -hmm. And now we just got it. We had to get back in our groove of, of, you know, playing that complimentary football like I was talking about before. But ultimately, I think we were confident. We were really confident and just felt like uh, we could hang with these guys and we could totally beat them. We just had to, you know, we, we had to stop the run. We felt like they were going to come out, try to establish the run. Um, they had a little success with it in the first down. And I think 
um, you know, they come out and score that touchdown and begin the second half. But I think there was 11 minutes to go in the third quarter and they don't score the rest of the game. So right. the last 26 minutes of the game, they don't score, which is, I think it was 39 plays where we hold a shutout, which is pretty awesome to do as a defense. It is. When we come back, we'll see how BYU finished off Arkansas in the second half. As we head to break, this reminder to join Dave McCann and former Cougars Blaine Fowler and David Nixon tomorrow night for a brand new After Further Review. They'll take a look back at the Cougs win in Arkansas tomorrow, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app and ESPN+. Plus. More with BYU Special Teams coordinator and defensive ends coach Kelly Papinga next. This is the coordinator's corner brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. The snap Rico. The hold is good. The kick is on its way. The back spinner is through for three. For the third time in the last four seasons, BYU 3-0 to open the season. Cougs have now won seven straight, dating back to last season after Saturday's 38-31 win at Arkansas. This weekend, BYU opens Big 12 play at Kansas Saturday afternoon in Lawrence, flashing back to Fayetteville and looking ahead to Saturday with BYU special teams coordinator and defensive ends coach Kelly Papinga, defensive coordinator Jay Hill coming up bottom of the hour. Uh, back to the game Saturday, um, you go down, you into the second half, down 24-21. First drive of the second half ends up three and out. BYU does punt, and you had a second illegal formation penalty on, on the punt. Was that a was that were, were the officials right about that? What's the yeah, issue on, on the yeah, lining so up? Our guys, you know, we tell them to cheat back a little bit to be able to give them time to react to pressures and be able to do their job and their protection and block somebody. And so, uh, what the rule is, you got to be able to align where your helmet is aligned to the hip of the snapper, and so they were farther back than that. And so we just didn't have, you know, it, do different crews sometimes look yeah, at that a little different, differently or different is it legit? Crews look at it a little bit differently. So if, you, if we went back to that and looked, I think that one was Harrison was a little too far back. Um, and so is something just, you want to tighten up then yeah, this week. It's something that we it's from the very get go. The very first thing we ever talk about, you know, very first day when we install punt, you talk about alignment and stance and like right there, you can see Harrison. Uh, he's the one up top right there, our right tackle. He's just too far back off the ball. And so we just didn't have enough guys on the line of scrimmage. So they just, they got to scoot themselves up and be able to be in a legal formation. It's something simple, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, they get out there and they, they just get thinking about, you know, their protection, who they have to block. And so it's just first things always first. They get, you know, they have to be able to get aligned, look down uh, the line of scrimmage, be able to make sure their, their helmet's aligned on the hip of the snapper. Um, and uh, it's just something simple that we got to get back to the basics and you know establish that today when we get into our walkthrough. Got it. Back into the game, and you were down double digits again in the second half. And the defensive play of the game to this point in the game comes on a fourth and less than one from midfield for Arkansas. Huge stop to get the ball back for the offense. And a few minutes later, um, it, it's a fourth and seven at the Arkansas 21. You called for a fake field goal here on this one. Maybe you could take it from there and tell us the thought, what you saw, yeah. and then how it all turned out. Yeah, so they had, um, and we like fakes, so just Cougar fans, there's going to be more of them, so just get ready. So if you go back to the clip right there, there's going to be overload. Um, there was an overload pressure, and uh, we just felt like we could get it blocked up. Connor did a great job. Connor Pay did a great job of being able to pass his guy off that was in his gap over to Kingsley, and then really Ryan didn't take the correct angle. He should be hitting it right off of Connor's outside half right there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what he saw and what he was looking at. So he should have been going inside then. He should be, yeah. be going inside. He ran completely the wrong way. And then the other guy, Austin Riggs, uh, needs to block number 40 right there. His job is to protect the A-gap to his right. Um, and really, if we just block the A-gap to our right, we're going to get at least a first down. If not, Ryan, if he runs the right way, um, you know, he's going to get a big play right there. And so it's it's one of those things, even going back to our fake punt that we ran against Sam Houston State. There's things, these are things that we practiced 
um, all the way back into fall camp, like very first week. And so it's just, you get out there in execution, you gotta be able to execute. Just like the offense has to execute, defense has to execute, the special teams, we have to execute those. And so obviously I gotta do a better job to be able to make sure we're gonna execute them in those situations. But fortunately for us. What we didn't you know, see was a yeah. side judge coming in, yeah. waved the play dead yeah. on a delay of game. Delay of game, so it's kind of crazy. Uh, it ended up working out for us, but. Because Will um, Farron gets a look at no chip shot here, yeah. but a 43-yarder to make it a one-possession game, yeah. and he nails and so, it. So, you know, Will comes out there and I think does a great job of uh, just, you know, calming himself down, putting himself back as a, in position to hit his first field goal for us. Um, and uh, happy for him, and he's put a ton of work in. And, and uh, one of our goals in the game is that you want to be 100% PAT, obviously, and then 100% any kick inside the 44-yard line. And uh, we did that in this game, so it was awesome for Will to be able to help us reach one of our goals as a special teams unit. And then later on in yep. the game, he has a 50-yarder that was had the distance, was just a little uh, uh, wide right. But um, it was good to get points on the board and put us in position. I think now that put us within a touchdown. Right. And then you had the Mike Max Tooley pick and the Parker Kingston scores. Now you're in a tie ball game. We go to the fourth quarter, and it's a wild final 15 minutes. They miss a field goal early in the fourth. And after the field goal miss, BYU puts together a nice drive. It ends in the Chase Roberts touchdown. Now, you're a defensive coach, a special teams coach. You're on the sidelines. You've got other things going on off times. Did you have the time and space and ability to see <laughs> that pass, that catch? Yeah, so I was all, all the way down pretty much at the other end of the sideline, far away, just kind of looking down. That's usually where the defensive coaches hang out to get away from the offensive huddle and the substitution. So I'm kind of looking out over, <laughs> and I think I was standing next to uh, Coach Guilford, or I can't remember, Sione Puha or somebody, and He's like, did he catch that? Did he catch that? I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think he caught that ball. There's no way. And then I think Gavin Fowler, who's up in the box, is like, he caught it. He caught it. And so uh, unbelievable catch. Um, great effort. Honestly, right where Keaton had to throw. So that mm. ball didn't get picked. But um, but just an amazing catch, amazing effort. And I, I love the fans' reaction. I don't know if you see the fans' reaction in the back. He's in white polo for Arkansas. He's just so sad right there. Yeah. <laughs> when you're on the road, that's the reactions you want from that's the That's what fans. you want. But, man, that, I do I remember, man, the stadium was really loud at that point. It went dead silent except for, except for our section over there. That, that corner. Yeah. Wild. It was awesome to get those Cougar fans there and just how – Loud it was, especially at the end of the game. It was awesome, especially to be on the road to experience that. So you're up 38-31 there, and there's six and a half minutes to go in the game. Arkansas has to punt in a one-score game. And I want to shine a light on Hobbs Nyberg for just a quick second. It doesn't look like, look at much in the stat book. It's a 46-yard punt, fair catch by Hobbs at the BYU 24. But the pressure to make that catch in that environment in a one-score game, a clean punt catch should never be taken for granted, especially not in that kind of situation. Yeah, and, he, and that's one of the reasons why we have Hobbs back there is he's such a great punt catcher. You know, he has a baseball background, so he knows how to field the ball, um, knows how to run and be able to catch the ball at the same time. But it's just, yeah, that, uh, man, I don't want to say it, but it's <laughs> when you get in those situations, you're hoping for somebody that has a lot of experience that yeah. can just secure the football. And we, we always tell them, anytime the kick punt return team is on the field, anytime the kickoff return team is on the field, our number one job, no matter what happens, is when, we, when that plays over, the returner is standing up and he's handing the ball to the official. And that's just our job as a return team is to make sure we're giving the offense the opportunity to get the ball and then go do their job. And so he did that in that scenario, got a fair catch, was able to hand the ball to the official, and the offense is able to come out there and take some time off the clock and then, yeah, put us in a position to, you know, for them to have to go a long way to be able to score the game-tying touchdown. Right. Uh, Fast-forwarding a bit, you had the strip sack from by Eddie and Tyler Batty, one of your guys, has the fumble recovery. Set up a chance to maybe ice the game. Will got a look from 50, just missed it wide right, right, on the yeah, long one? Just, yeah, just missed it wide right. 
Um, great distance. He had the leg to get it, and Will has a really strong leg for uh, BYU fans that that don't know. Um, I mm. mean, this guy can he can bomb it, and uh, I mean he can hit it from 60, 65 easy. Um, and with all of his touchbacks right now, or all, yeah, I mean, he's had, I think we've only had to cover two kicks on the year as a kickoff team, so that just goes to show you mm. how many touchbacks he's had. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he's close, great effort from 50 yards. Um, yeah, it's tough. I think most college kickers from that range are probably 50%, to be honest with you. So flip a coin, we make it or miss it, but, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll learn from that, and he's a great kicker, and I'm happy he's on our team. Crazy final sequence in the final two minutes. It ends up with a, a bouncing ball and some flags flying and an illegal touching. And ultimately, it's triple zeros is all you care about at that yeah. point. And BYU wins at 38-31. Who were your special teams players of the week this week? Yeah, so this week, uh, we didn't have a chance to see those plays. But Jacob Boren, um, later on in the game, I think they were both in the second half, ends up making two really big plays um, on our punt team of going down. After we give up the punt return, uh, he then goes down there and makes two really good tackles. And... Uh, and he played every rep of special teams. This wasn't just the only play he made. He made some plays on, made there some key go. blocks on, yep, there you go. Really good, he made a key block right here on number four, just getting enough. Would love him to be just a little bit more on the outside shoulder of him, but helps free up uh, Parker right there. But yeah, he took every rep on punt return, kick return, kickoff, kickoff return, and so. Uh, and Parker was your other player of the week, right? Parker was the other one, yeah. Parker came out and with the big return, um, and just happy to, I just want to see you guys back there that are fearless. And I just thought from the very get-go right here, like I said earlier, he just uh, he was ready to make some stuff happen right here. And happy to get it out to the to midfield right there for our offense to have an opportunity to, to score some points. All right, special teams, players of the week, takes us to break. And as we go to a break, a reminder, dinner after the game at JCW's includes something for everybody. From burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality. And a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and Harriman. This Saturday, BYU plays its first ever Big 12 conference game. Cougs in Kansas. Tune in to Cougar Pregame Live on BYU Radio, 11.30 a.m. Mountain, 1.30 Eastern on Saturday. Coming up next, we'll look quickly ahead to the Jayhawks with Coach Papinga after this on the Coordinator's Corner. Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV is brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. BYU getting some top 25 votes after a road win at an Arkansas team that was just outside the top 25 before losing to BYU. Cougs now get ready for league play. BYU opening its Big 12 slate at Kansas this Saturday. Final segment with BYU Special Teams Coordinator and Defensive Ends Coach Kelly Papinga, presented by Intermountain Health, official medical provider of BYU Athletics. Tyler Batty, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week, it's announced today. He's one of your defensive ends. He had a career-high nine tackles. Isaiah Banya, six stops. Blake Mangelson, half tackle for loss in a hurry. Uh, Logan Latui now is on the field for you. Michael Daly got in. Uh, Razorbacks head coach Sam Pittman said your defensive ends were difference makers on Saturday night. He said they were exposed, Arkansas was, by the pass rush. And not, not a blitzing pass rush, but a, but a standard pass rush. Yeah, I was happy for our guys that just four-man rush was able to get to them. Uh, you know, sometimes a coordinator gets frustrated and so he starts blitzing and then blitzing, you know, then you're a little down in your coverages, right? So it's just, uh, if you can get pressure with four-man rush, then, you know, you're putting a lot of uh, stress now on the offense because you now have seven guys in coverage. So it was good to be able to finish the game that way. All right, it's been a while uh, since, let me see some of the defensive end work there. It's been a while since uh, BYU played a conference game. It's been 13 years, but you've been immersed in league play ever since leaving BYU for Virginia and then Boise State. 
And uh, now you're back in it with uh, with uh, a power conference, another power conference for you, and you get the 3-0 Jayhawks. Your thought on Kansas coming into yeah, Saturday? Uh, tough, disciplined football team. Plays hard. I mean, we got our work cut out. Of course, they have a great quarterback, great running back. Um, I think good tight ends that are, they do a lot with their tight ends uh, with 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 13 personnel. So they're going to have a lot of tight ends. Um, then I think they have some good uh, guys on the outside that are receivers. So, you know, don't know much about their defense, but I know much about their their offense and then their special teams. I think they got they get, they're going to have a returner <laughs> that can be able to uh, hurt us. So we're going to have to be really good in our coverage units. And then, you know, they got I think they have a really good punter that really hasn't been been used this much yeah. this year, but I know he's good. Um, and then they have a really good kicking game, too, as well. As, so, yeah, we got our work cut out for us. So it'll be fun. All right. Good luck Saturday in Lawrence. All right. Thanks, Appreciate Coach. Thanks All right. That is on. Coach Kelly Papinga. Tomorrow night, join us for BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. A full hour of conversations with the coach and a player guest at Studio C. It'll be at 8.30 Eastern tomorrow night and every Tuesday night on the BYU TV app and ESPN+. Plus. Coming up next, defensive coordinator Jay Hill. As the coordinator's corner continues, we're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. BYU brings five on a blitzer. And the blitzer gets him, Hickon! The ball's loose! And I think the Cougars recover! Batty! Coming out of the pile! With the football! You are in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's. The Burger Boys, Saturday night in Fayetteville. BYU winning its 10th straight away neutral night game. Cougars coming to life under the lights at Razorback Stadium to defeat Arkansas 38-31 and improve to 3-0 heading into Big 12 Conference competition. Starting our second half of the show with BYU defensive coordinator, safeties coach, and associate head coach Jay Hill. Coach Hill, welcome back. Good. we got to play more games at night on uh, neutral <laughs> games, right? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a good run. It's, it's, a, it's a nice quality from a team to go on the road and have to wait a long day and still come out and play the way that BYU does at night on the road. I, I asked Coach Papinga, same thing I'll ask you to start. It's about the aura of SEC football. Um, the league's tagline is, it just means more in the SEC. And you really got to get that, that, that sense, though, in that, in that part of the country. Did you feel it on game day? Well, the, the fans make you feel it. Yeah. Uh, the fans love it. They come out to the games. I mean, it was absolutely packed. Uh, the way they tailgate around the game, it was just an out outstanding atmosphere. And the support of Cougar Nation, meantime, with the tickets they could get, they gobbled them up and a big swath of royal blue. It was beautiful to see, wasn't it? It was awesome. And uh, our fans on the road at home, they're unbelievable. The crowd in the second half, it seemed like we were as loud as they were at times. And if you had, uh, getting to the game itself, uh, a list of things that you really wanted to do to defend K.J. Jefferson and the Razorbacks, what were top of the list maybe Saturday night going in? Well, I thought the defensive front did a phenomenal job of keeping him in the pocket, and that's what we wanted to do. We didn't want to get him out scrambling and throwing. Uh, then, then he becomes a dual threat, and it becomes super hard to contain him. Uh, stopping the run, which other than the big long one, I thought we did a pretty good job of. And then uh, we talked to our secondary all week about limiting the amount of throws up the field. And I told them, I, I'll give them one freebie. They get one pass over 25 yards, but they can't have two. And in that game, they had one throw over 22 yards is all. So I thought the secondary did a great job keeping the ball in front of them. And I thought the D-line did a great job of keeping him contained in the pocket. Let's start at the start on Saturday. And your safety group actually is where I want to start with. They've taken some hits. Uh, you were down Micah Harper and Talon before the season started. And then the game at Arkansas is seconds old, seconds old, uh, when Crew Wakely uh, gets knocked out of the game after making a, a tackle early. 
Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing to those guys, but we've got to keep them healthy somehow, some way. We're down three strong safeties right now. and um, You know, that's part of college football. Someone's got to step up and play well, and I thought the other guys, when they came in, did a good job. Well, tell us a bit about Crew and how he worked his way into your starting lineup at safety. Well, Crew's a phenomenal kid that I've, I've known since he was in high school. He was actually a high school quarterback. Tough, uh, super physical, loves the game. Uh, and he just stayed the course and worked his way in there. You never want to see a guy go out with an injury, but uh, I talked to him yesterday and he said, Coach, I'm fine, I'm good. He, it's just his character, he's tough, he wants to be in there and he's going to do everything he can to play. You referenced it already, but Arkansas's first offensive series gets them into the end zone. A.J. Green, 55 yards to the house. Did you see anything in reviewing the play that you didn't notice live? or? or... Well, twice in that game, we ran a defensive play that uh, defensively we wanted to be in versus that run play, and that was one of the fronts. We should have knocked that out. It should have been a one or two yard gain. Uh, we got to do a little bit of better job of fitting that run with the two linebackers and also the free safety. And then it happened again in the second half. So uh, anyway, bottom line, I got to do a better job of coaching what the expectation of that front is because uh, technically they shouldn't get much in that, okay. in that run play. It was 14-0 after the punt return that followed that. So you're kind of hitting the mouth early. Um, Sideline vibe, chatter, what's, uh, what's the response there? Well, right after the punt return for a touchdown, I remember I said it on the headset. Well, that wasn't the start we envisioned when we came in here. But I thought the players were out, outstanding on how they responded to that. We went down 14 in the first half, scored 21 unanswered. We go down 10 in the second half, score 17 unanswered. And I thought the response by the offense both times was outstanding. And I thought the way the defense rebounded both times was very good. Defense, part of the complimentary sequence we're going to talk about here. Down 14 nothing. It is a great sequence. Uh, a BYU punt gets, gets down inside the five, so the special teams does its yeah. job. Defense forces a three and out, do your job. And then A-Rod a dials up a special on a sudden change. It's 14-7 on the double pass. Now you're settled in a little bit. We did settle in, and, and, and it just kind of took that uh, tension out of the game. It took a, the crowd a little bit out of it because uh, they were roaring at that time. It was pretty loud, and we were on our heels just a little bit. But uh, I think, again, it, it, going back to what you said, it all started with that pin punt where you down them inside the five, and then the defense did a good job of holding them there. Near the end of the opening quarter, where it's a ball game now, really vital sequence. Arkansas facing a third and long after an OPI. You get home on KJ for a sack, forcing a fourth and 32, so it's forever. The punt gets shanked. It's a one-play drive for the offense. It's tie game. Uh, but back to the sack of Jefferson. Uh, it was the first of the night, and it would not be the last. Important to get home on him. It is, and not many people have sacked him like we did. You know, five sacks in a game was huge. I thought the pressure, even when we didn't get to him, I thought was huge. This was a big one by Thule, obviously fitting him the way we did. And it just started a run of we can hang in there with these guys. If we just do what the heck we're supposed to do and play assignment sound, we're going to be fine. Yeah, it's four or five sacks, depending on how you want to judge it officially. Either way, it's a big number. And last year in the Arkansas game, zero sacks. KJ Jefferson. It was just a totally different game that way. Yeah, and I thought they got after him. There's, there's one for sure that they're changing the stat books, and if they don't, there's five in there. Because he's behind sure. the line of scrimmage. He is. He's yeah. behind the line of scrimmage. Um, so there's five in there for sure. I thought we got after him many other times. I mean, there was two or three others that we had him wrapped up, and he got the ball out of his hand. But um, there, there's a lot of great plays in that game where pressure got to the quarterback. Pressure was important. Third down performance on defense was equally important. Um, last year, Arkansas was, I think, 12 for 15 on third. And on this night, uh, they convert only two of 13 third down tries. 
Well, that was a big deal, and uh, I mentioned it last week to the media. Um, we've been out. We've been outstanding game one and game three on third down for some reason. I think we took that for granted in the Southern Utah game, so it was good. Second half, yeah, felt like. Yeah, and so I thought we got back to being us and being aggressive, executing coverage as well. I mean, a lot of those sacks now were great pressure up front, but a lot of coverage sacks too. So uh, I, I just thought the guys really did a great job executing on third down. On the season, BYU is now a top 15 team in third down conversion defense after really struggling in that category last season. How big is that one stat and the tactical approach for you in your, in, in your sequence of play calls on third downs? Well, it gets you off the field, and uh, it's not a turnover, but it's how you get the offense the ball back. And so uh, if you're going to be good on defense, you got to be good on third downs. you got to get off the field. If you just let them convert and convert and convert, it keeps your offense off the field, get your defense tired, and uh, those are things that we've really tried hard to be good at. All right, it is a break time as we step away for a moment. This reminder that you can get ready for Saturday's Big 12 opener from Lawrence, Kansas, as BYU takes on KU. Tune in to BYU Sports Nation Game Day's expanded pregame coverage two hours prior to kick. That'll be 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 Mountain on BYU TV. When we come back, Coach Jay Hill takes us through how BYU finished off Arkansas on Saturday night, and we'll get defensive and offensive players of the week. As the coordinator's corner continues, we're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Back with more and Coach Hill after this. Coordinator's Corner on BYU-TV is brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys, Siegfried & Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years, and by Smith's, low prices, market fresh. Back on Coordinator's Corner, going back over BYU's 38-31 road win at Arkansas on Saturday night. After the game, Razorbacks head coach Sam Pittman said that BYU, quote, whipped us out on the edge, quote, pounded the gaps. He said BYU was longer and stronger than his team anticipated. How gratifying is it to win in SEC country by basically playing SEC-style football? Well, I think Coach Pittman's a great coach, and he's been around the world of college football a lot. Um, he's a person whose opinion I trust, and so for him to say that is gratifying. We have a long ways to go, but I think that that was a big step for us in the right direction of how we need to play physically. Okay, let's get it back into the game and how it finished up in the second half. Some of the key defensive plays, arguably the biggest one, uh, came with Arkansas up 10 in the third quarter. They score on this drive, it gets a little dicey, but they face a fourth and a half yard at midfield. They put KJ in the gun. A, were you surprised that he was in the gun, or that's how they like to run it, and the play they called and your response to it? Well, no, I wasn't necessarily surprised at that because in the gun, he has the ability to run some of his outside run plays where he keeps the ball and then also the running back has the ability to take the handoff, obviously. Uh, we did think maybe QB sneak in this situation because it was only a half yard, right. but uh, bottom line, you see the penetration there by Jackson Cravens, phenomenal effort by both defensive tackles right there. And I just like the physicality, and I love the way Max Tooley finishes off the tack tackle that AJ when AJ had him wrapped up. No chance of him getting pushed forward or falling forward because Max came in and put it's the pop big. on. So uh, a Will Fair and field goal after that makes it a one a one score game. Then another huge play comes really soon thereafter. Max Max Tooley uh, with, with a with another interception that sets up the game tying touchdown. Maybe describe Max's assignment on that play, how he played it. Well, I think Max did a great job of getting depth in coverage. And one thing that the BYU fans know, Max Tooley's a playmaker. That guy has made a ton of plays in his career. I think that's his seventh, seventh career, career interception. Career interception for a linebacker, that's a ton. I don't know if people understand that. That's a lot. And he just seems to be around the ball. Um, huge play in the game and really what kind of sparked 
us and what we needed to do to finish that game. And that set up the touchdown, making it 31-31. It's a whole new ball game going into the final 14 minutes, and it was a crazy fourth quarter. Uh, one of the highlights was the go-ahead touchdown throw from Keaton Slovis to Chase Roberts. Were you in a position to watch that play? Because you're sometimes doing other things. I was. So I was on the sideline, but as soon as the ball went up, kind of people stepped in front of me, and I saw him go up with one hand, but I couldn't tell if he caught it or not. But you just hear the eruption from the BYU fans, and you just assume that he did catch it. I mean, that's phenomenal. That's, uh, that might be the catch of the year. Well, it was the catch of the day. Sports Center's number one top ten play for the day. But again, one of the top catches you're going to see uh, in all times. Uh, the focus, the strength to get a hand securing that. And, uh, and, and actually, you know, that, that's not, it, it's a throw that you've almost got to put high up. Yep. So that's what I was going to say. The throw is actually perfect because he's got to get it over a defender. He's got to put it where none of the other DBs can get to it. And, I mean, that's a phenomenal throw and catch. I want to hit this note real quickly. Arkansas was penalized 14 times on Saturday night, and half of them were offensive holding or false starts. How much responsibility should your defense take for what Arkansas was having trouble with that way? Well, I think Coach Pittman mentioned it going into the game. They were a little worried about some of the blitzes that we had run um, in the prior two games. Um, so I think the O-line just being a little bit on eggshells and worried about what blitzes were coming. Um, rattled them a little bit and then again the tenacity which those that defensive line got after him I thought was huge and there wasn't a lot of blitzing going on um, under five minutes to play in the game though leading by seven great call uh, to blitz Eddie on a third and seven from the Arkansas 42 you force a takeaway on the strip that puts you uh, ahead in the turnover margin by the way for the night as well which was big you ended up plus one well, you know, one of those special moments as a coach is when you sit on the sideline and you just get that feeling like, hey, this is going to hit. It's going to hit. Just, you got to call this play. And then you do, and Eddie obviously does a great adjustment right there, makes a huge play. His physicality on the field is just enormous for us and great recovery by Batty, too. Yeah, and there was a guy in a position to pick him up, and Eddie actually makes a nice yeah. move to get past that dude. He does. He's got the running back that's eyeballing him, and he does a good job of up and undering the running back. and. You know, it's not always clean like this. You got to get out there on the football field and make plays. And that's what I was proud of the guys for is they stayed with what we're coaching them to do and made a lot of plays. We may not see it, but um, Eddie had a great open field one on one tackle in, in a key stage of the game, too. Um, he's just been as solid as you. Well, you knew he'd be this way, but he's been everything you hoped he'd be for BYU. Well, I'm glad the BYU fans are getting to see what I've seen for the last three years. He's a phenomenal football player. He's strong. He's tough. He's tenacious. He prepares the right way. and. Um, I, I, I'm just telling you, you're just seeing the start of him, too. He's only going to continue to get better. So it's a two-minute mode for Arkansas in a one-score game. They need to score a touchdown. And I, wanna, I want you to take me inside the defensive coordinator's mind on this one situation. Arkansas had a third and 18 from the BYU 42, uh, but there was a hold on the play. I think, I think, in fact, I think it was the same play, was it not, where the ball gets deflected up and mm -hmm. Jacob almost has it to ice yeah. the game. But it ends up you either have the choice of a third and 28, or a fourth and 18. You chose fourth and 18. Um, what was your decision-making process in that situation? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's one of those ones where I think half the staff was telling them to take the ball back, and um, I could have gone either way in this situation. Bottom line, we got to make the play on fourth down to get out of that drive. They needed 18. Yeah, they got they 21. Needed 18. They needed 21. But you know, with a great quarterback like this, if you're not careful, these are the plays right here. We got to make that and just end the game. It's over. It's over. You don't ever want to give those guys a second chance at this. Um, game should have been over right there. 
So it set up the uh, the fourth down play. They do make the play. I mean, you can go back and. But I'm just curious to know what your and he really was kind of an either or, right? You it, can see the benefits of both sides. I can, and um, in that situation, you, to do it over again, I don't know that there's a right or wrong answer right there. I think it's a coin toss. Uh, gaining the extra 10 yards to score is a big deal, but yeah, really, fourth and 18, you're putting in the hands, especially with the way the pass rush was going at that point. I just felt like we had a chance of getting after him. He wasn't going to be able to hold on to it, and he did and made a great throw. It set up uh, the frantic final seconds. Uh, the final play itself uh, was a crazy one. I thought Jefferson was sacked and the game was over. He's down on the ground, but he flips it late maybe, and there's some flags, some chaos. It was wild at the end. It was wild. We were just trying to keep it interesting for the fans right there. <laughs> and we got a chance to end it. And the pass rush, obviously, phenomenal right there. They got an illegal touch. You can't throw it to an old lineman. Right. Um, and then this was crazy because I'm yelling on the sideline, you better tackle him because I've seen bad calls go awry. And then you never know what that flag's for. So you better tackle it because you just don't know what, the, what it is. So triple zeros were on the <laughs> clock. And again, the flags did what we thought they would do. It ended it and, uh, and just, man, exhale, right? Yeah. Like I say, you never know what that flag is. If it's a defensive holding or offsetting penalties and then they get to redo the yeah. damage. You better finish it. So uh, proud of the guys. I mean, it's such a fun game and such a fun way to end it. And there was so much in that game that shows me we're heading in the right direction. And we got a lot to improve on. If we do, we got a chance to be a good defense. Love it. Let's get to your defensive uh, co-players of the week, and then we'll get to A-Rod's offensive player. Who do you like to, uh, this week? Well, definitely Tyler Batty. I mean, uh, he had a phenomenal game, filled up the stat sheet. I thought he was tenacious tougher than Nels, and then Eddie's few plays that he made in the second half were huge. The strip sack by Eddie, his coverage all night, and then he had that huge third down stop that forced the long field goal that they missed. And so, I mean, those two guys are definitely huge players and deserve what they get. And Tyler Batty is the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week, as it was announced today as well. Uh, Aaron Roderick, uh, for his Offensive Player of the Week, went to a guy that was also a Co-Special Teams Player of the Week this week, and that's Parker Kingston. Well, Parker, man, outstanding. Throws a touchdown, catches a touchdown. One of the most underrated plays in that game was the third down and 10 conversion that Parker Kingston gets. Where the, the guy tries to grab the shirt and exactly he stretches it right. out. Exactly yeah. right, he rips away. And, I mean, what a huge third down that was because our defense was tired at that point. And uh, I thought Parker was outstanding. And his, his – uh, uh, career is going to be a great one at BYU. He's right. going to be a good one. He's going to be one, he's going to be a really good wide receiver for BYU. Yeah. We can already see that. So those are players of the week on defense and offense. Time again for a break as we step away. This reminder that for your Cougar Sports day-to-day play-by-play, it's on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays, noon Eastern, BYU TV and BYU Radio. Coming up in our final segment, Coach Hill previews Big Tw- uh, the Big 12 opener at Kansas when the coordinator's corner continues. We're brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys, BYU 3-0 after beating Arkansas 38-31 on Saturday. We've got Jay Hill with us. The last time BYU played a conference game, you and Kalani were coaching against BYU. It was the regular (laughs) season Mountain West conference finale at Utah in 2010. I remember that for Brandon Bradley and a knee being down or not. Either way, uh, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're excited being in the Big 12, everything that this game represents. Um, Kansas is a great opponent. They're also undefeated, and so it will be a big clash. 
Yeah, it is the Big 12 era opening at Kansas. You just prepped for a great college quarterback in K.J. Jefferson. Now you get the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year in the preseason, Jalen Daniels. Well, Jalen Daniels, he can run it, he can throw it. They've led the Big 12 in almost every offensive category the last couple of years. Um, he's a big reason why. Great player, and he's got good weapons around him, so we got our work cut out for us this week. One of those weapons is the running back, Devin Neal, one of the best in the country right now. He is. He can run it. Um, he can catch it. He's elusive, and he's got great speed. So, uh, like I say, this is a fun task for us. And BYU's not been in this position for a long time. Uh, about you know the quote-unquote playing for something. You're in a league. Standings matter. Uh, it's all about playing for a championship. Now it, it means something to these guys. It will. It should mean something to them. And I'm excited to get back on the road. I love the road. I think I've mentioned that before. It's one of my favorite things about college football. I like going into opposing stadiums and seeing what the atmosphere and what, what, how our players handle those atmospheres. Uh, I'm excited about this one. And looking forward to seeing BYU blue in addition to Kansas blue in the stands this weekend. Coach, great to have you in again. Oh, great. Great to be with you. All right. Thank you, Jay. All right. That'll do it for week three of the Coordinator's Corner. For coaches Papinga and Hill, mine and our entire crew. My name is Greg Grubel. Have a great week. Go Cougs.